And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? It's Andrew Morgans, your host, founder of Marknology, here on Startup Hustle today. Uh, before I welcome today's guest, let's give a shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. Um, I'm super excited about today's guest because I've got quite a bit of experience, even just this last year, kind of dealing in her space and her industry. And, and I'm anxious to hear, um, you know, even from the other side of the world, what's going on um, and getting some insights as far as e-commerce is going. But we're going to talk today. Today's title is called Disrupting a Product Industry. And today's guest is Andrea Lisbona. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um I'm really excited to talk about your brand and, um, you know, you talked about a, a lot of growth this year and like, you know, having to focus on one area. Um, and before we talk about that and kind of and what that means in, in the real world, um, uh, let's talk a little bit about your history. I'd love to start the episodes before we just jump right into business, getting to know you a little bit better for anyone that's listening. Um, you're, you're in the industry now. Let's start, you know, kind of when you came into e-commerce or how you came into this? Let's just get a little bit of your story. Sure. Um, so it started 10 years ago. I was 24 years old, had uh, recently graduated from university. And my goal was uh, I was born and raised in an entrepreneurial family. So I always wanted to create something that would change people's life. So 10 years ago, um, I came six months to the U.S. I went to study to USC and I came across this product called hand sanitizer which it wasn't pretty popular in Europe back then. And I was shocked that a product that plays such a key role in everyone's life, if you think last year, prior to the COVID, I used to take three flights a week, 10 Ubers a day, um, taking all the time interaction with humans and not having water and soap available all the time. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> so hand sanitizer was that product on the go that helps you to stay clean, healthy. 80% of infectious diseases spread through hands. So not only past year with the pandemic, but prior to that, every time that you fall sick, right. it's always because it enters through your hands. So I was surprised that a product that plays such a key role in people's lives was commoditized. It had a terrible experience. It's a very goopy, stick experience. It smells like absolute vodka. And uh, how 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 is it possible that a product that can, can change everyone's lives in, into better uh, was so terrible in the user experience? So... Our goal was to become the apples and then express of this industry, taking a commoditized industry that had been for 20 years without any innovation and elevating it to a ritual that you look for. Um, so instead of jumping right into creating a product, we took the first five years of our adventure as entrepreneurs distributing hand sanitizer solutions. And the reason why we did it is because sometimes as entrepreneurs, we have false realities, false perceptions of users, sure, they need that or 
businesses for sure they would like to have a smart hand sanitizer mm -hmm. um so it was a very good learning experience um we we learn both from business standpoint to individual standpoint like we talk with nurses with heavy users of hand sanitizers and they would all sell the same like i my skin is a strip like i have to carry a hand cream with me all of the time and with businesses it was the same they were like it, there's no technology in it like whenever users want to use our sanitizer dispensers are always empty Right. So after that, we we were located back then in Barcelona, which I was born. Um, we launch uh, we launch our series of products. We got a lot of attention, and then a multinational manufacturer uh, reaches out. They they were interested in what we were doing, and they basically invested on the company. And we decided to move to the U.S. Um, the reason why we moved to the U.S. is because thirty percent of the global demand of hand sanitizers was here. Um, so it was a more mature market in Europe, was a, an early stage market, hand sanitizers. Mm -hmm. uh, we moved here in July 2018, so a year and a half ago. Um, we took those time, like those two years, to develop a fully compliant product, FDA um, compliant uh, formulation. And on we were going to launch our e-commerce in December 2018, but prior to that, in order to get some market validation, we did a Kickstarter campaign, uh, which was a very entertaining adventure because we had no expectation into that. And we were, uh, remember we launched it, we were fully funded in 24 hours. We ended up being 450% funded in, in a month. And, and after that, we basically started building the community that basically pushed Touchland to what it is today. Um, we are very popular on social media. We have a very strong community on Instagram, on TikTok, which we recently launched this year. He had like million, uh, million views of viral videos in, in TikTok. And, and that's a little bit about our experience and how we got into the US. We are now living in Miami. And uh, this year has been crazy, but the company in 2019 did did really good and this year we grew a thousand two hundred percent which sets us for a 2021 of of a structure and innovations and challenges that we cannot wait well that's that's a that's an interesting background and a journey um i think some of yours some of the that might have been broken up just a little bit with some lag so i might ask a couple of questions just to bring some of that story back to us um can you hear me okay yeah perfect Yes. Can you Andrea? hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Just a second. For anyone that's still with us, hang, hang in there. We've got a little bit of lag going on. I want to make sure we get her story. Um, and get to the details of this, I think it's going to be um, a blazing industry and, uh, um, you know, someone that's on the foreground of it, the forefront, so to speak, um, would love to see kind of what that looks like for a company that's successful. I've definitely been reached out to by so many companies trying to launch in this space, but, uh, you know, because of 2020 and trying to get access to, um, you know, the PPP industry that's exploding. But what about a company that was there, you know, before the pandemic and, and how that was looking? Um, let's see, I'm thinking about ways we can get ourselves caught up here. Andrea, are you able to hear hear what I'm saying? Perfect. Yeah. Okay. 
So I think we're just having a little bit of video lag. Um, you know, I grew up in Africa, actually. And um, I think anyone that's grown up in a third world country, or at least where um, soap and water is not so readily available, uh, you know, you grow accustomed to having hand sanitizer or wipes or things like that, that you, um, you're not going to get you're not used to getting a sink, um, you know, you bring your own stuff with you kind of thing. And so, um, you know, I always appreciated um, the US for having those kinds of things, not just when we were abroad, but you know, the access to water and you know, these kind of like blessings to just have hygiene so readily available um, is something that's often overlooked, but uh, definitely is on the forefront of everyone's minds now that we're dealing with, um, you know, hand hygiene and things like that being the most important thing to protecting us from, you know, the dreaded COVID-19. Um, let's talk a little bit about your your hand sanitizer touchline. I know there's a smart component um, you know, let's talk about some of that. And, um, you know, what set you guys up to be to be apart from everybody else that's doing hand sanitizer? And, um, you know, why you guys have seen a 1000% growth, like what happened there outside of, um, you know, the pandemic. So that's a, kind of a three part question. Um, but you know, uh, what's the smart element? And, you know, what kind of separates you guys from the competition? Yeah, so uh, we have two product lines, we have the personal one, which is the power mist. Um, and again, we when we disrupted an industry and we disrupted the form factor of the product, like uh, when we launched this, it, the first product was in 2014. So we were the first one to launch in a mist factor. Okay. Okay. Um, so if you think about like how you apply gel and foam from the personal side, it's a goopy experience. It falls through the fingers and it's very sticky. So um, when we launched that, that was the, the, the design approach that we came with. Then our formula, when we design our formula, when you take a look at the label of hand sanitizers, you will read 20 ingredients that sound very chemical. You don't really know what you're putting into your skin. So what we did was come up with a very simple, clean, vegan formulation with very carefully selected ingredients that play a key role into the skincare forward benefit of the formula. So our formula is hydrating, it's softening, it leaves like velvet feeling in your hands and it's fast absorbing, so no sticky feeling in it. And then the the third element onto this is the experience. Like every time that you use this, they all come with like elevated scents. So we get rid of the yeah. tequila smell of hand sanitizer. And what's most cool about it is that again, everyone just like wants to sanitize their hands. That was the first goal on why we started in 2010. How do we make this cool? How do we make sure that people look forward to sanitize their hands rather than we they have to sanitize their hands? And I, it happens I, with, oh, sorry. No, I'm saying I, I was just going to jump in that I can totally relate as someone that's redheaded. I grew up uh, in Africa where it's very hot and I hated using sunscreen. It's kind of the same approach, right? It was that exactly. lotiony, thick, like no one liked, I didn't like putting it on even though it was saving my skin, you know, in the long run. Um, and then they came out with the mist, right? They came out with the ability to spray it on and it's not goopy. It's, um, you know, sometimes you like, did I put enough on? I'm not even sure. Whereas exactly. like growing up as a kid, I was even more white than I am now, you know? Exactly. So, um, no, I'm getting excited just hearing about it. And I, and I didn't know about Touchland, you know, prior to the show, at least here in the Midwest. Um, but now I'm, I'm where, where do I get one? You know, I've got yeah. touchland.com up on the site. Um, for anyone that's here on the stream, I'll have those notes in the bottom in case anyone kind of want to looks at what she's holding up. Um, but can you hold that just a little bit closer to the camera? Yeah. No. Yeah. Just, just, no, I can't see it, but, um, oh. 
the one there we go there we go awesome. it's very cool and then we have the the business and home uh, dispenser which is the first smart hand sanitizer dispensers not only again follows our like approach to design and experience like with our formulas and our like uh, minimal designs for the dispenser but also we implemented like connectivity via wi-fi so it basically connects you to an app that basically allows you to see the refill and battery levels but at the okay. same time and one topic that you touch which is what we've been working for 10 years is water scarcity um in 2025 two-thirds of the population will not have access to water and soap and every time that you wash your hands with water and soap use use two liters of water um and so what we wanted to do is um create a solution that again when you read on the cdc and the the recommendations they tell you if your hands are not visibly there it's actually more sustainable and efficient to sanitize your hands with like a, a alcohol-based hand sanitizer. So what we want to do is just like make sure that you can save water. If you can save water with sanitizing your hands, just you can see in the metrics and how you're making that impact into the world. And so the app basically allows you to see every month how much water you save by sanitizing with touch and versus washing your hands with water and soap. I love that. It, you know, so many things come to mind, like technologies that are out. I can't imagine that this doesn't exist already. Um, but, you know, the drinking fountains at the gym that, you know, you're not only drinking water, which you're like excited to be hitting your daily goals of water as you're up there at the drinking fountain, but you're seeing how many plastic bottles you've saved. And it feels, you know, there's this this feeling um, of, of contributing a little bit by using a, you know, a reusable bottle. Um, same thing with water. So I was a server for a long time through college, bartender, server. And uh, each time you go into the back of the house, you have to wash your hands, right? For 10 to 15 seconds. Um, you know, uh, maybe it's actually 30. I think it might be. I don't know. It's 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 at least like, it's you a know, long time. Yeah. yeah, you're yeah, supposed yeah. to say your ABCs a couple of times. So, um, <laughs> you know, like, uh, but your hands get raw. They get raw exactly. to the point of washing your hands becomes painful because exactly. your hands are just so dry from the amount of times you exactly. you've washed them um think of all of the people in the service industry even here in the u.s you know we we're talking about thousands and thousands of people um you know we're gonna have cleaner better hygiene if people aren't avoiding things because it's not a you know a bad experience in that way. exactly exactly that was our goal that's super cool. And then double down by, f by fixing the problem of, you know, we always want to have these in our businesses, but we're running out or it's never stocked or, you know, you know, it's not working. So it's about the um, experience. Yeah. I love that. Where do you guys have a, a bigger, smaller presence or is it just kind of like, you know, have you guys grown through e-commerce or was it more like you took over kind of uh, Miami or Florida and, and expanded from there? Uh, when we launched, uh, we, when we launched in December, 2018, we started with e-commerce. Um, in the US. So uh, we serve across the US um, to everywhere. Like when you see the map on Shopify, you're selling everywhere. Um, then we did a retail partnership, which is very exciting because it allows you to get on a discovery platform from someone else's. And one other way that we disrupted hand sanitizer industry is that the easiest way would have been, let's sell in pharmacies. But instead of that, because we wanted to create something that you want to be proud of, that you want to be bragging about it, we said, okay, we're gonna sell in all the fashion and beauty retailers in the US. Um, it has to be a lifestyle accessory. It has to be like next to your keys and your iPhone. Um, so we started with Urban Outfitters, um, Nordstrom, uh, Bloomingdale's. We launched in Alta in 1,200 doors before the COVID. We were sold out within days. So the retail expansion has been 
incredible and a, and a great journey. And then we have the B2B business, which we've been very lucky and we've been able to partner with great brands such as Equinox, SoulCycle, Sweet Green, um, Standard Hotels, Four Seasons, like almost every category leader that when they had to take a decision, especially during the COVID, most of these businesses never had a hand sanitizer. Right. And, and they had to take a decision. Do we go for like what's like the commodity in the industry or do we think about everything as a brand and we want to make sure that the election that we do under hygiene and the experience in store is aligned with our brand and when they looked into the market again Touchland was really the company that changed the way hand sanitizers were thought for 20 years no i love it and it's a completely unique look like i mean i'm just being becoming aware of it um and i've been helping brands you know launch sanitizers i think with different um different ingredients but but rarely, um, you know, a, a whole new method and way of thinking about it in general. I know that, um, you know, we talked briefly before the show on Amazon, you said that you guys launched there, but um, as things grew, you just had to choose one and focus there. And as many times that's the case when you're an entrepreneur, um, Amazon has been a massive channel for PPE and hand sanitizer. And I know for a fact that, um, you know, at least earlier in the year, you know, through summer, um, you could simply sell just by being there. You didn't have to have a great product uh, or anything like that. You know, you were selling just by being online. Um, and Amazon did their best to kind of like uh, throttle, you know, the brands that were coming up in that space um, as far yeah. as being able to launch their products and things like that. Um, is Amazon in your future or or for now you're yeah. just, you're saying. Sure, okay. sure, sure. I think like obviously we, the first year we grew 500%. The last year we grew 1,200%. So I've been dedicating 90% of my time to supply chain, which is not what I really like to do. I like to dedicate my time to product innovation and all of that. But again, when you're experiencing this massive growth, like you really need to ensure that you maximize product availability. And uh, again, one of the experiences that we had on during the COVID is that we, and it's like quite an anecdote, we were fully sold out March 5th. Um, March 5th. So right in the beginning of the pandemic and as an entrepreneur, you're put into challenging situations. And I, I think this was top three in my life as an entrepreneur, like, what do we do? And, and all the customers that trusted us for like so many years, they were like, now that we need you, you're not here. So having had the experience with Kickstarter, I think what the biggest fear and what, what the error of many companies had is that there, there were so many opportunistic hand sanitizer companies just coming in, investing millions and in factories. And it was just like crazy. And in our case, like, again, we're not thinking short term. Like right. what we are living right now, it's very unfortunate. Like um, our goal is medium and long term. So what we try to do is like, how do we size the demand? And again, one of our biggest values is transparency. I've always been a believer that it takes a lifetime to build trust and one second to lose it. Um, especially for a brand that is community driven. So um, in the beginning of the pandemic, um, we said, okay, let's do a pre-order campaign. We're going to be fully transparent. It's going to be eight weeks delivery date because we were obviously like growing, growing capacity and everything. And, and we had no expectation to be honest. Like if you want a product during the pandemic, you're going to just buy whatever you find. Surprise to us. Um, we we launched a pre-order and I think it was overnight. We grew like a thousand two hundred percent, incredible. But on top of that, during these three weeks, like we got like thirty four thousand people on a wait list. Oh my um, god! 
So, which is like, if you think about it, for every, everyone said like for a hand sanitizer, but that's the thing like people did not see touch on a hand sanitizer. Like if you were looking for a hand sanitizer, why would you pre-order and wait eight weeks? If they were clearly trusting a brand, not the product. No, so, I, I, and, and the, you know, the lifestyle approach to it that we both mentioned as well. You know, there's some relatability in my own company, Marknology. I'm going on my ninth year you know, working in this space, uh, Marknology turned seven this year. Um, I've been focused on Amazon and e-commerce for a long time. And, you know, telling brands about e-commerce and Amazon, 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 Amazon. Um, and, you know, the pandemic, as much as it's helped hand sanitizer, has helped my business grow as well. Uh, and, you know, e-commerce in general, I think everyone um, around the world has ordered, you know, that has access to a computer and internet has ordered something offline um, you know, now. And so it's, it's kind of catapulted us forward in regards to, you know, people paying attention to this space and, um, you know, agencies of IPO that are in the Amazon space. I say all that to say that medium and that long game, you know, and so being in a position, um, we're not here to just be opportunistic. And now I'm helping brands on Amazon. This is something we've been doing a long time and had a passion for, um, you know, way before this we had a vision for it and um you know how do we remain here you know with agencies popping up all over the place in my space um you know the thing to hang our hat on is let's just keep continue to do quality work and be as available as possible um you know and and ready to grow and so it was a good year it was a hard hard year uh you know i don't think uh we signed a new brand till august or september it feels like um and usually it's like it's it's been year round for you know several years in a row um, and then there's, there was a huge push. I feel like after the PPP loans and different things and brands were like, we need to be on Amazon. But, um, I think that's what you do. You have to do for any founders out there listening. Um, you know, there is opportunity in the short term, uh, you know, that you can seize at times and, you know, encourage businesses that had to pivot to move into that space. Um, but as someone that's always thinking long game, um, you know, it was what, okay, how do I not get caught up in what everyone else is doing right now? How do I settle down and really think about where I'm trying to go when all of this is passed and how I, you know, how we want to grow during this time and what can we do, um, in the same way that you're focusing on logistics, uh, it's what has to be done, you know? And so a lot of 2020 for me was, uh, you know, getting back into the trenches and, um, you know, I've got a team now. But it was, you know, me alongside with them, just like digging, digging holes, you know, so um, I definitely understand that when things are growing, um, and, and you've got a vision that you just have to put your focus, like, you know, right where you're needed and, and put everything else on pause. Yeah, don't, don't get distracted. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, if you have a great product, um, you know, p- people pull patients out of nowhere, right? Ah, it's kind of exactly. it's kind of crazy. Uh, so, you know, it's great to have a great relationship with them. You said being community driven, um, having a good relationship with your people, um, them understanding that we're in a pandemic, you know, and there's going to be some people that are like, well, why can't you help me in the same way that I had to turn away some people, um, you know, that were under our fees or, you know, I can only say yes to so many. And so, you know, you have to be, uh, you know, just careful and try to be transparent and be like, hey, this is what's going on. Um, you know, we're one, two, three days behind. We're in a service based industry. You know, we're a couple days behind trying to keep up um you know and just be transparent and get through it exactly yeah and and just play play with your cards again like sometimes you have to be optimistic and play with the cards that you're being given because again like this what happened last year just 
showed like how how much things can change from the outside from an external factor that completely shut down everything that you gave for granted for the last since i was born so right it's, i mean it's a cliche saying but i feel like cliche sayings are cliche for a reason you know and it's like everyone has a plan for their business or their career or their goals until they get punched in the face and exactly. uh and life has a way of doing that and for me as someone that grew up in an African type of environment, it's very much like go with the flow because your plans don't really matter. All of a sudden there might be a, a cart in the middle of the road that's not moving or rains that you can't get through or the electricity goes down or you're just so used to just like figuring it out as it happens. Exactly. Um, then I feel like I've been blessed kind of like I wasn't born into an entrepreneurial family. It was a missionary family, but very much entrepreneurial as well in regards to, uh, you know, making do with little or just being able to adapt. And I really do feel like one of the strongest skills we can have is is the pivot and just being ready to take whatever comes and, um, you know, make the best of that. And, you know, you could be dealing with having marketing issues, right? Or uh, struggling with marketing, spending tons of money on marketing, not getting it to work, wondering why, you know, it's not coming across a great in a great way, but instead, not having any of those issues. And it's really about just supply and demand. The business is coming in faster oh, than you can so, take it. Something is always happening. That, that's the thing. <laughs> something is, right, exactly. Something is always going to happen. So it really becomes less about being perfect and more about, I want to be ready to be nimble, um, you know, ready like for whatever thing. happens to be able to adjust. Yeah. I love that. What's next for Touchland? A lot of things, because again, I think last year it was the experience was that we were extinguishing fires all the time and we have a very solid team, very strategic. So we kind of postpone everything to this to 2021, like new product launches, new ascents, new new products, like everything to this year, new partnerships, which we are very excited and and the team is growing, which again, for someone that that started in Barcelona, backpack, moved here, like see this family growing. And again, like with the same passion that you have for this baby called Tajlan, I think it's what's most fulfilling. Um, so there are a lot of things happening this year that we unfortunately couldn't do last year because it was just complete madness, but hopefully we will see coming to coming to a reality this year. Yeah, no, that's, that's so good. And I, I think patience is key. You know, it's just, hey, take what's given to you take that pitch in a baseball term, like, you know, if he gives you a curveball, take the curveball, if he gives you a fastball, take the fastball. And, um, you know, even in my own business, I think that was a big part of this year from, you know, some of our team members moving on to different companies, to, um, you know, I was working on my speaking, uh, you know, that was growing, uh, being able to travel around and speak on Amazon and, and, uh, you know, growing in that circuit and then the pandemic just changing things, you know, the podcast was a big avenue for me and joining the startup hustle team and being able to, um, you know, meet new brands, meet new people, meet new colleagues, meet other entrepreneurs and be able to put out content and engage with people um, that I was really using kind of my speaking and these um, conferences as a way to do that. Um, that was taken from me and another opportunity came, came you know, yeah. so it's just taking, you know, taking what happened taking what happens uh, or what happens to you and, and making the best of it. Um, okay. So, you know, just a couple, I want to kind of timeline this. So you're two years in, you know, they say that year three is like one of the hardest. 
uh, or once you're past year three, like your chances for success greatly grow. I kind of learned that at a, at a accelerator I was at early 2020. Um, and I was like, wow, I guess, okay, I guess, because I'm in your uh, going on year seven. I was like, oh, wow, I guess I made it past year three. But I think year one and year two are hard. Year three is just as hard, um, you know, but I think the space you're in now, it's really how much do you grow, not if you grow, right? And, exactly. um, you know, how to manage that. How big is your team? Is, is it just you? <laughs> no. no, right now we are about uh, 40 people. Yeah, okay. We're hiring very fast, yeah. Awesome. So it's grown really fast. I know, like, you know, scaling is obviously the hardest thing. Even my own team, we're at um, 13 of us now, and it's all new challenges uh, as an entrepreneur. I'm a great entrepreneur. Doesn't mean you're a great manager. Doesn't mean you're a great That's leader. Hard. Doesn't mean yeah. you're a good, you know, um, boss. And so, you know, you have these different, you need to communicate differently. You need to have more systems in your business and um, all of those kinds of things. I, um, You're in a sweet spot. It's going to be fun to to watch your brand and, um, you know, see what's, see what's next. Yeah, I think like, if, again, if you want to come when we move here, but for me, it's year 11 <laughs> since we started true, this true. process. So um but it's been a great learning experience and i think right now it's all about like setting up a good team like we have a good product but i'm uh, someone that never falls asleep you can never get comfortable like um yes we are being seen as the apples in this industry uh but again it's an industry that is getting super competitive um we're lucky enough that people again is buying because of the brand not the product they really love the vision the mission that we that we put into like these years of work um but again you cannot fall asleep and that's why you have to be always innovating you have to be always communicating you have to always be marketing in the right way um but again it's, it's all about the team um that's that's what's what i'm most excited about like to put like a very strong solid team because again as much as you are a leader it's always teamwork like um and right. and i started touch when i was 24 years old so i never had the chance to learn from anyone and that's good and that's scary at the same time because i've never had the chance to see how do you grow how do leaders lead how do bosses manage like i and, and it's been auto learning experience and again we will we will know in few years from now if we if we really hit the goal and we become the apples in espressos the dysons in the personal care space which we look forward to i think you will be and i'm excited to see the journey um you know what i think one big part of 2020 is i know that my team um we really bonded together through 2020 you know um the influx and in clients sometimes that just came in all at once um you know uh cursing at amazon about a bunch of different things you know um for a, for a long time, we weren't working together in the office, so everything was remote. And uh, being able to see the team get excited about coming back together and working together as a, as a young entrepreneur myself, it was it was exciting to feel like uh, the team felt like a team, you know. Exactly. And uh, you know, we were excited to build and grow. And um, I think that's one of the best things that's come out of 2020. Is I would just like to harp on that is the team. Uh, you know, the team aspect, at least in my company, um, the camaraderie we have of making it through that. And we're yeah. on the other, you know, we're kind of on the other side a little bit as far as the 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 real fear and and the real impact. And um, now it's just like you know whatever comes next feels like we'll be able to do it together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been the finally a year that although everyone has been separated, I think like it's been able also for people to appreciate to be able to 
build on this distance like stronger bonds and and be able to communicate better be able to to work better even if we've been separating the distance like my whole team like we have like obviously our headquarters in miami but we have team in boston oklahoma la new york so everywhere in the us and and if you think about it like you spend most of the day in front of a computer with a camera on but it's been what i was very afraid about this like how do i lead in the distance how do you do that like how do you build a team and like that feeling of a team when everyone is just separated but it's been it's been great and we've been finding ways and tools and 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 set up recurrent meetings with the team that it it really made us go through the year in a and, and exit with a stronger than where we started in 2020. Yeah, it made us focus on teams. I think the remote work allowed us to like um we you know we're all like oh my god how are we going to manage employees how are we all going to communicate and because of that we put our attention on the team to make sure exactly. we stay like a team and because of that the teams have gotten a lot stronger. Uh, you know, speaking of teams, I think it's a great segue to mention our sponsor, FullScale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. If you have software needs, FullScale.io is the place to go. Um, you know, as we wrap up the show, I'd love to just backpedal just a little bit to, um, you know, your comment on being on your own and not really having a leader, um, you know, to mentor you or to look up to or learn from. You know, to anyone listening that's kind of a, a young leader and thinking about the same, um, I could I could agree to that. I had some leaders in my life in, in regards to like religious leaders and some things like that, um, you know, but it wasn't in business. It wasn't in managing people really at that level. And um, I think I learned more from bad managers and bad leaders when I when I did step into the workforce than I ever did from a good one. Um, at least in my early years, it was. Um, you know, the things that made me not want to go to work, kind of like the things that make you not want to wash your hands or, you know, do any of the like, you know, if it's making your hands raw, like I don't want to go to work and it's not even about the work. It's about employee X or, you know, the, these other kind of things going on. Why do we have a team built up of people that don't like each other? That never made sense to me. Um, choose differently, you know, uh, you know, yeah. simple things like that. Um, and And then it was a mixture of finding a mentor after I was, you know, several years in. And a lot of reading and podcasts and just, you know, a lot of it's trial and error. And it's not about beating yourself up if you make the wrong decision on a person, um, you know, or a decision with a client or a, a managerial te technique. It's just about continuing to grow. And for me, it's about, um, you know, communication with my team. So yeah. I think that's the thing I'm focusing on as a young leader is just uh, not just the basics of a communication, but, um, you know, really trying to figure out what they're what motivates them you know, what's going on, dig into them, no one's going to just like, you know, come and bitch to their boss and just tell you everything that's going on. So you got to kind of probe and see how people are at a different level than we have before. And it's one thing that I've really learned from, um, I have a partner in another business, uh, Brian Glasser, and he was a captain uh, in the military for seven years. And we have completely different experiences in regards to having good leaders. I think he had some really good ones above him, you know, kind of in his career. And we talk about that a lot. And, um, you know, one of his roles as a captain when he I think he had 250 soldiers under him was to meet every single one of them, do an in-home visit. Um, you don't really know about he needed to know about their lives, their hygiene, their finances, uh, you know, no leverage, essentially, no soldiers could have leverage on them. And so the captain was responsible for that. And uh, that's a silly story. But I really bring it up to just talk about the importance of being involved in your people's lives and knowing what's going on. And listening. Um, yes, exactly. Um, asking yeah. if 
they're not talkers, then you need to, um, you know, have better questions, you know, to get, to get the answers that you need to really know if they're, um, you know, they're happy where they're at, they're doing well. And because if you do, if you spend your time and your attention on them, uh, they're going to spend the time on, on the business and everybody wins. Yeah. And they have to fight for your vision and they have to share your vision. So they, you have to connect with them. And I think like, for me, I, I'm not the kind of leader that just imposes. Like if I hire someone, it's because I think they can add value. And for that reason, I have to listen. And I, it's been a very conversational, collaborative approach. And and I really like it because it, it's not a company that you cannot get an opposite opinion to me. I think like that's what gets companies to be better, like different opinions and people not having fear to hide their, their thoughts. And I, it's been working really, really good for us to be have to have this kind of collaborative approach, we try not to have departments in a sense that everyone helps each other. Like again, sometimes companies separate departments and compartmentalize um, those departments. And sometimes by working together, the company grows faster. Um, so it's been, it's been, it's been good. Like again, like we pass from like three people to 14 people next year, most probably it's going to be double that. So uh, it's it's always challenging and scary. Like, where do you lose contact? Like, I'm a person that really likes to build a relationship with everyone, but it gets to a point that my day right now, in between the meetings, emails, and all of that, like, I cannot have the same connection or the same dedication that I had when we were three than we were 14. And, and that's very unfortunate, but you have to just make sure that you connect with everyone. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm, that's exactly what I guess what I was trying to say is I went from three to four, three to 13, um, one in Colorado, uh, 12 here. And it was a big difference from talking to them sitting next door next to each other to, you know, communicating between different teams. And we tried to take that approach where we didn't make it, um, you know, compartmentalized, uh, from, you know, an open work environment to, um, you know, uh, empowering leadership to everyone has, you know, accountability for for every part of the process, we're there to back each other up. And, um, you know, trying to create that culture, um, as a leader has been, um, you know, something very important to me. Uh, and there's not really a roadmap for it, you just got to, you know, kind of figure it out as you go. Um, I'm super excited for you guys. I'm, and I'm, I'm rooting for you. Um, I want to see the growth. Where can people, before we sign off, where can people find you, you know, on social media, you said, you said TikTok. I think some of that was breaking up a little bit. Um, you know, where can people engage with the brand? Yeah. In Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, it's with at Touchland, Touchland as a word. Um, and they can find us there and hopefully awesome. follow us. <laughs> well, I'm going to follow you as well. I'm going to keep, keep track of, uh, your guys's growth and I'm rooting for you guys. Um, Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks again for being on the show. Uh, We'll see you next time. Thank you. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.